Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast, coming at you live from Northfield, Vermont. Or, not live, but we're in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's live right now. It is right now. <laughs> now is the only time. Today we're going to discuss what you can learn from the big ones that got away. And it will be a lot, because the wall of deer that you never got is huge. It's horrendous. <laughs> yes. Well, I know there's a lot of people that got a lot of deer, but I guarantee the wall of theirs that they didn't get is a lot longer. Yeah. And of course, you know, you follow 25 to get one. Yeah. Um, in the beginning. And then later on, when you start getting a little better at it, it might be 10 to one and you feel pretty confident and you're like, man, this is really starting to yeah, work. Now you're talking, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. When you're getting 10% of the deer that you track down, now you're like, yeah, buddy. The other thing we want to yeah. discuss today too is uh, the 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 lessons we learned from a few of them that we did get. Yeah, and how the two of them lined up, especially early on. Early on, when you start tracking, I know like yep. so many deer are coming to mind right now. Yeah, but okay. So how about how about you go first, Dad? Let's tell tell me a story that maybe maybe I haven't heard. Give me a pulling out of the records. Here. Okay, uh, we've got a beautiful snowfall. It was uh, the second Saturday of rifle season. Yeah, um, I had already hunted uh, the first weekend. And now the second weekend fires up. Friday night, we get a beautiful amount of snow, a good six or seven inches. Um, I head over to my grandparents, and I walk up the valley, and I'm headed into Groton State Forest. And as I'm walking up the valley, I come across a, a two-and-a-half-year-old, probably buck track. So I, I hop on his track, and I follow him, and, and he – skirts out around the hill he's uh cruising looking for does um he's not feeding or anything but he's just moving right along he swings out around the the hill to the west and and i follow him for about a half a mile at about 2300 feet up in elevation yep. and he's just side hilling through these giant hardwoods and as we're going along there's a small bump coming up in front of me with some greenery on the edge of it and yep. the top of it and i said well boy right in there looks pretty good and I, I slide right in there. Sure enough, he, he slows down. He, he does a double. Then he takes a classic, takes a classic right hand yep. turn, right? It does a 90 degree, right? He pulls up yep. and stops, then takes a 90 degree turn. You know, you, you could tell he stood there for a minute, yep. looked around and then stepped surveying. off to the side. Yep. Yeah. He, he hooks off to the side, starts feeding. He feeds for about 50, 60 yards and does a little bit of a, a kind of backward C and, and hooks around. And I, 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 I move about 70 yards, nice and slow and easy, and it's, it's still snowing just a hair. Mm -hmm. And as I come around a little bank, real slow and easy, and I look up over, and it looks like he's looking for a place to lay down in the snow in front of me. And I'm, I'm watching as far ahead as possible on, on the track. You want to look at the tracks with your eyes as far ahead as you can see. Before you and get moving. the beauty yeah. of it, he's all alone. Yeah. He, he doesn't have anybody else with him. So I ease around. And he, he's gone up this little bank, but he's going real slow. Now, the bank is about probably 40 feet high, and it has little hardwood bumps, you know, in little little round, like where root balls of yep. a tree fell over, and it makes these, like, little tiny shelves on this bank. So I'm walking up and looking on each one of these little tiny shelves. That goes back into the hillside about 10 feet. So, like, I'm going to come right into his face yeah. as long as he doesn't smell me. And it's a, good, it's a good crosswind. So I work my way up a little bit, and he ends up coming out of the snow behind a little spruce tree 
and literally he's 10 feet from me. Uh, and when he jumps to his feet, he scares a living oh, dickens right like out of me. Yep. Exploded right out of there. Um, oh, I got to take this back. This is muzzleloader season. Oh. I got the date wrong. Okay. This is a muzzleloader season. Yeah. And that's why I, I know there's a real good deer in there, but this one yeah. here doesn't seem to be the one. I've been tracking quite a bit. Like the okay. snow is about the same. Okay. Yep. yep. So he jumps up in, in the snow, and I have an old CVA Frontier kit gun Jesus. that I put together, percussion cap, Junk. right? Junk. Back when muzzleloader season first started. <laughs> you know. <laughs> compared right. to like yeah, compared right. to like your 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 break apart now. It's like two years after Plymouth Rock, you yeah. know, something like that, right? <laughs> I yeah. I have shot the gun quite a bit, and yeah. and it's got these giant iron sights that are huge. It's basically, I mean, like a yeah, the, the front glorified bead, musket. Well, the front bead's an eighth of an inch across of the the bar of it. <laughs> I mean, it's huge, right? So, and the gun is tiny. Yeah, and and he jumps jumps to his feet and hops up the bank in one jump, and yeah. I can't do anything about it, and it's still coming like a little bit of a squall, but you can see the sky is lightning, and it's going to stop. So he jumps up the bank in front of me, and I can't do anything about you it. See, and and I couldn't see horns for see squat. Yeah, I just just a real quick flicker, and like he doesn't have more than like a eight inch, nine inch spread. Yeah, nothing no, massive. Yeah, it's just a little. little you would have that. I'd have shot him at if that, I could have got a chance. Well, yeah, but like at that at that distance, if they've got horns, you you know right. If and got I can tell he hasn't got much for horns, yeah. but yeah. it is the last. Saturday. Don't matter. The last Saturday. <laughs> Don't right? matter. So I'm, I'm going to shoot him, right? Take it. Yeah. Yeah. And back then I could have shot yeah. three bucks. Get one with a bow, one with a rifle, one with a. What year? What year? One with a muzzleloader. What year did then. you say this was? Did you Boy, say this is a long time ago. Back when muzzleloader first started in Vermont. So it's got to be like in the 80s, yeah, probably. Like, like right. 80s, 90s, somewhere in the early 90s, 80s. You know, I, like I would 80, say before you were born. It's like 86, 87. Yeah, maybe it might have been yeah somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he jumps off, and 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 I I put the gun back down, and I put the hammer back down. I managed to get the hammer up, but he was out of sight when I got the gun up and the hammer on him. He was already gone. Yeah. So he he kangaroos up top of the bank about sixty yards, eighty yards, and he comes to a stop. And now I real slow and easy poke up over the bank and. He can see my head and my hat come over the top a little bit, and he he hops off again. I just yeah. get eyeballs on him, and away he goes. Like I, I would have had to stand tippy toe to get my gun on him to shoot. Right, that's yeah, how slow yeah, and easy. But yeah, he yeah. knew right where to look. He was on you. If anything, I should have stood there a while, and I didn't. Younger, I younger deer. Have younger deer. A lot of times, if if it was just like real quick, and they don't know what the deal is, and you have that long pause, sometimes yeah. they'll let their guard down a little bit more right. and like relax a little bit. It's not like they've had the experience where like, nope, bye, yeah. and then head. Now, these are like you know? ideal conditions because it's powder and it's about eight inches deep. Yeah. And I'm, the wind is now, the squall is starting to blow away. Yep. And you know how when a storm blows up, the wind picks up. Yep. So now it's about probably eight, eight, eight o'clock in the morning. Classic late. Yeah, it's just, muzzle, just right. In, yep. class, in the muzzleloader seasons, like most of the time, the best weather. Yeah, blue, it's going to break off bluebird. Right. It's going to be nice. That sucks, though. I like, I like it. So I, we up. get this little bunch of clear sky, and now I can see really good. The visibility yep. is excellent, right? So I up the bank nice and easy, and, and he sees me, and he jumps off again. Yep. This time he goes a couple 300 yards, and I give it about 15 minutes or more. 
and I keep following, but I'm doing it like one step at a time. Keeping your super distance. slow. Yeah, I'm keeping my distance, mm-hmm. but I'm still making progress, nice and easy. Give him time, right? And it's cold enough so where I don't really want to stop, stop because I'm going to get cold. Yeah. So I just continue following him, and he he hops up over the little hill that we're on and goes across a little small dip in the hardwoods, um, another 300 yards or so, and goes up on a one more little lift before swinging the mountain to the west some more. He's going yep. west. So I'm looking as far ahead as I possibly can, and way, way out there, um, as I'm going real slow and easy, and I can see almost 150, 200 yards. Hard I, Yeah, I, I see this little bunk, and I'm like, oh, man, there yeah. he goes. And that was, you know, way out of muzzleloader range for that old gun. Oh, I'd, Jesus. I'd have been lucky to even come close. You know, well, I mean, I by the time you had fired it and it gets halfway there the string would have tightened and the cork would have fell to the ground (laughs) well it wasn't a cork it was a round lead ball oh well still had a string tied so yeah it it would have at least rolled in the snow somewhere so i when he jumps off that that time i said well now we're in for a bit of a chase so I'm good for it. And I said, okay, let's go. So, let's go. Uh, so what he, you got? he takes off. Now he's bounding and he's running and he's moving right along. Running hard or kind of just like Yeah, moving a pretty good distance, okay. you know. And now we're almost Six, to uh, where you and I um, sent Mushroom Buck up into the castle. Yep, okay. So he's swinging them out in that direction. Ooh, you know, those are classic woods. Yep. It's really nice woods. And you There's know a you're... huge hardwood bowl coming up in front of me. You big... grew up there too. Oh, yeah. So I knew those these, are, I knew those are these woods grounds. really well. Yep, yep. So I'm following him up through, and uh, I'm, I'm working at a pretty good pace. I've gone maybe a, uh, maybe a quarter mile, yep. and I'm in a little bit of greenery about to break out into some more hardwoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's like intermittent spruce trees growing in the maples. There's like and, ribbons of... Yeah, of, of greenery, spruce yep. you know, areas, and he's, he's run through this. Now, they're not tight spruce. They're pretty spread out, and almost like that out west kind of spruce, you know, one here, one there. Mm -hmm. So as I'm breaking out of those, I'm going real easy, and I'm looking in the hardwoods up ahead, and I'm following the track as far as I can with my eyes. Because he knows you're coming. You you have to catch him way out. Yes. Yeah. It's a different game when they know you're coming. The deer had slowed a little bit, and he did a little bit of a right turn, but he did it like trotting. So I see the right hook coming in front of me. So I'm watching it nice and careful, and I ease around the corner, and I look, and now there's two tracks running in front of me, and there's a bed right there. Oh, we got some. So up. I walk over and take a look at the bed of the other deer that got up and is now joined my deer, and the two of them have kangarooed up the hill. It's the big one. Oh, yeah. So the little oh. one has brought me to the big one. Good deal. And I'm, I'm happy now. Yep. See, Jimmy, and sometimes small tracks do bring you a big deer. That's right. right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, now I'm feeling really fortunate because I have two buck in front of me. Yep. Now, the bigger one doesn't know what scared the little one. Yep. Right? The little one just came running up to him in his bed. Now, the little one, as he was running, all of a sudden kind of did a bit of a turn, right? Well, the reason he turned is because he smelt that big buck, right? He's running away from me. And just hopping along, he, he's, you know, I don't think he's really flipped out about me all that much. He just knows there's something back there. Just putting the distance between Yeah, you. he yep. puts some distance. Trying he gets get a quarter, three-eighths of a mile from me. Yep. He goes up, and as he's just, he's slowed down to like a dog trot, you know, the way the deer go. Yep. And the pace is always super important. And 
At first, it's these big bounds. Then it slows down to little hops, and he does little hops for three, 400 yards. And then he slows to like a trot, and now he's just like dog trotting, like a coyote, you know, just dog trotting along. All of a sudden, he does this 90-degree turn and continues dog trotting and then does a little turn off. He turns to the right, and he goes dog trotting up through the woods. Then all of a sudden, hooks left right? Now, I often keep in mind, uh, like, God's eye view of what's going on. Yeah, like you're, like you're a drone looking down on Yeah, stuff. looking down yeah. on what's happening. Yeah. Now, as you close the distance and you start getting closer to the deer, if you were God looking down, you'd say, slow up, slow up, because yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you almost there, right? Yeah. You could almost see the yeah. two of them, right? So I imagine that that hook and, and that distances and the pattern that I'm seeing, I imagine the God's eye view of it on the mountain yeah. because it helps me predict what's about to happen. And it, it, it's really good. I've learned to do that now. So I do it all the time. We're going along and he d makes these moves and the, the sudden 90 degree turn, I'm like, Hmm, he Why turns he a sudden that? 90 degree turn. Yeah. He doesn't change pace much. He's like a dog when it suddenly smells something. You know how they just kind of do a swing and then they go upwind? Well, this buck did a swing. He did a, a turn into the wind and then did a, a, like a dog back and forth up through the woods like yeah. he's searching something out. And I said, oh, he mm. smells something. So I know he smelt something right off the bat. And that's the time for me to slow down. Mm -hmm. Just the way he turned and the way he started changing his direction. He's letting you direction. know that things are happening. He let me know things are happening. So I've now started hunting as soon as he does this hook. And he starts up just kind of bird dogging. And then all of a sudden does a quick another, a left turn. And I'm saying, oh, he found what he was looking for, right? Well, it was that big buck laying there. Yeah. And he smelt that big buck for probably 150 yards and did a back and forth and worked his way up to that big buck, but didn't step on him, mm -hmm. right? He's a big deer. Yep. But he wanted to be near him. Well, yeah, probably, and, he's going to feel a little bit more safe. That's right. Other deer around. That's right. He has stopped on a little bit of an angle between me and that big deer, but off to the side, just a hair, right? Mm. I'm now coming up through the woods, and I don't happen to see him, but he sees me. And he the turns large, the and runs buck? off. Meanwhile, the big buck has stood up oh, and okay, like, small. what are you doing? And the two deer are standing there, and off he runs. So I come up through, and I see the bed, and I see where the big, beer, the big deer stood up in his bed, and he faced me, the direction I came from, and then turned and followed after the little buck. And he's on top. Now, when the two tracks come together and they, the two bucks run up the mountain together, the big one is on top. Right? That's Which an important thing. Which means he's in the back. He's in the back, and he doesn't know what's scared. The nope. little deer. He just says, okay, time to get out of here. That's right. And the little deer is the one that made me. So the big deer doesn't know what's up. So what does that tell you when you're following him? Go easy, right? Because the big one doesn't know what's up. He's going to hang The little around. one stirred him up a little bit so yep. that he jumped up the hill a ways, but he will stop and see what's coming. Mm -hmm. He's got experience. He knows something stirred the and other he's deer. He's curious. Up. Right. So I'm saying to myself, this is now 9.30 in the morning. I got all day. This is mint. And the wind is good. Yep. They're still headed kind of northwest, and the wind's coming from the west. They are above me. 
yeah. and it's pretty and open woods and open and and the odds of the odds of the buck also moving upwind a little bit or downwind a little bit so he could wind you is pretty he good. may the big he one. may especially once he get but he'd That's rather right. get a look at me for now but we'll see right so of course he jumps up the hill a ways and he goes a couple 300 yards and then stops now i'm coming the little one keeps going and goes way up the hill 500 yards or more and then he stops way up high now he's out of range he's i, I can't see him i don't know he's just gone on ahead right yeah we're still climbing uh we're 2800 feet now moving closer to the very top there's a little bit of a valley coming up that that and there's two peaks um they're both 3,000 feet with a dip in the middle of them and it's kind of like just one big mountain with a saddle in the middle of it up ahead which is the, perfect and the saddle is uh, a little not very big probably two or three hundred yards by another 150 yards yeah, max, you know it's kind of like max. a square saddle yep. it's not real flat on the top and one of the peaks the one a little more to the west is higher than the other yep. so it's almost shaped like camel's hump in a way well I, I'm going nice and easy, and I look up ahead, and there he is. Now, big, beautiful rack, and he's standing there perfectly broadside at about 80 or 90 yards. When I come out around this maple tree and I look up the hill, there he is standing right. Rifle shot all day. Just, yes, no problem, Ugh. right? But the snow and the cloud cover has come in, and it's starting a squall. And it's just like this one big cloud that's like just dumping it. And the sun is gone, and the snow's falling, and there's like this squall, and he's up there in front of me, and I'm watching him in the snow, and he's not moving, and I'm not moving, and I'm just standing there. Now I have on snow camouflage. Yep. Now I am wearing an orange hat, but I'm all in snow camo, which is a real a, a darker part of snow camo. I wear a lot more white now. Back then, it was just like regular snow camouflage. Uh, you could buy a set of coveralls, yeah. put them on over your stuff. Back, the classic-looking snow camo yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like this blur down in the woods to him, but he can see some movement, and he's looking right at me, and I want to say he's probably 70 or 80 yards. He takes a couple of steps and moves behind a maple and comes out so I can just see his front shoulder and his neck and his, his head, but I can only see part of the front shoulder, but his neck and head are sticking out beautiful. Now, I've been shooting it pretty steady, this gun, and I'm saying, boy, it looks like just about 70, 80, 90 yards. I should be able to just aim right in the middle of his neck and just put it right on his neck and shoot him, right? Yep. So I pull the gun, I pull the hammer back, I settle the gun right on his neck, beautiful. He's barely starting to quarter towards me a little bit. And he's got a nice big wide high rack. There's six, six or eight inch tines, you know, nice deer. Not much for brow tines. I put it right on his neck and I squeeze the trigger. Now I practice with this thing a lot and I squeeze the trigger and I, I pull and it goes kaboom. And the smoke goes out. Of course, a horrendous amount of smoke, you know, oh, yeah. that old Pyrodex, right? Yep. And uh, I'm standing there watching and the smoke clears and he's still standing there. And I said, oh, I must have missed. Yep. And as I'm watching, I can see a hole in the snow on the bank behind him right under his neck, barely oh. under his neck. So it was low, and he was a little farther away than I thought. He was yep. probably 120 yards. Yep. You know, and I shot it for about 70, 80 yards. 
but um, iron sights too. I mean, it covered his whole neck up. It's, you know, it's like shooting at a tin can at a thousand yards with a scope, right? Your crosshair yeah. covers the whole thing up. So yeah. I got these big coarse sights and, and of course he's just standing there. So I'm like, Oh, you bugger. Don't so right, it's time, anywhere. time to load the gun. Right. So I yeah. pour the powder in, I do? put the patch and the ball in there and I slam <laughs> the thing down and I get it up and I dig out a percussion cap I just, and I just I've got the hammer Cocoa back Puff. and I'm shaking like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And oh, yeah. I, I put the cap on and I raise a gun up just as he runs course and of course he turns and runs straight away from me behind that maple and straight up the hill yeah like they like to do so i say to myself okay here we go so i go up and look and sure enough went right underneath him and Not didn't didn't touch him and he runs up the small bucks track yep when they get to the top of the saddle they split little buck had been standing on the top must have heard the shot then big guy comes running up the hill and he goes crazy and busts right out north and goes right down over the top of the ridge and down onto the north side of the valley and leaves. The big one splits and turns west and heads up and he's by himself. And I said, good, I want, I don't want the two of them to stay together. It's double the eyes, double the problem. And I might shoot the little one. I I want that big one. Right. So I turn with the big one and I get up on the top of the knoll with him and I determine that they've split. And I walked down the little ones a ways just to make sure he continued down mm-hmm. off the hill, right? I want to know that he's left. And it gives the big one some time, right? I've got to, after you shoot him and jump him, you've got to give him a few minutes, right? If you just get on him and get on him and keep busting him and busting him, you're just going to shove him all over the place. And you're not yeah. going to close the gap, and especially with a muzzleloader. And you're just, you're just educating him really bad. Right. You and I mean? And I've got the whole... The whole day to go still, yeah. so Take I, your time. I'm fine, right? Let it's him, 10.30 Let him by now. chill out a bit. Yep. Yep. So I follow him up the hill to the west, and we get up right up onto the very top, and now it's just kind of brushy. We're, we're 3,100 feet up. There's hardly any big trees at all. It's mostly kind of brushy, small, scrubby trees. I'm going nice and easy because he should want to get another look at me. I've gone about a quarter mile from where I shot the, and where he saw me, and I shot at him. Yeah. Now, most of the time, a shot, if you miss them, they don't know what it was. They don't have a clue that it was somebody shooting at them. Yeah. Right? That gunfire is just this power. And it's like, well, what was that? Yeah. Now, in the mountains, and especially like around here, yep. that's, that's one of the great ways they get rid of you. Go uphill. Right? Mm-hmm. They just blast off and climb some 3,000-footer. They do it in a matter of three or four minutes. They climb right to the top of the mountain and they leave 99% of the crowd right there. And they'll stand up there for a little while, half hour, hour or whatever, and then say, you know what, let's go back to doing business as usual. I'm surprised at the amount of people that won't track a deer after they jump it. That, yeah, like, once they kick they'll, it up. They'll bust it or whatever and didn't get a chance to you know, get a shot or for whatever reason. They'll deer, right deer runs off and they're like, well, it's over. It's not, not, e- it's, not even close. If dude. it were the end of the day, maybe, but even then I'd still want to go a couple, 300 yards Don't. and make sure he didn't just go a hundred yards and stand there. They do that a lot. They do that a lot. Especially that's, that's inexperienced deer will run a little ways. If they're feeling kind of comfortable where they are, they'll run, go a little ways and stop and then watch and then wait yeah. and be like, all right, what was the deal? Yeah. It also depends on like how hard you hit them and like what they used 
scent sometimes. Well, when you say hit him, like how hard well, you, you scare him. When you bumped into him, right? right? If you, you bump into him and scare right. him, right? Yeah. You jump him. How yeah. they determine it, like whether it was a uh, sound or if it, they saw you or if they smell you, if they smell and see you or, you know, or you like most of the time, if you just trigger one sense, yeah. you're good. They see tons of people but if you and start, that don't come after them. Yeah. But so if they you start doing like them. two and it's like, now you're coming and he, it's, you bump him again and oh, again yeah. and again. Now it's like, they're like, Bye. This is a whole different game yeah. now. He is chasing and wired, me. And they're wired. Yes. Like two-step. Right. Wired. Now, see, this one really doesn't have a clue. Nope. I've shot at him. He's jumped off. He goes up a quarter mile, gets up on top of the mountain. No big deal. Now we're up 3,000 feet. I'm walking through all the brush and the, the stunted you know, hardwood on and a, a few softwood on top of this mountain. Yep. There's a lot of rock everywhere. Up in the birches. It's a lot of granite. Yeah, a lot of it's granite tops granite on the mountain, so there's not much soil, and the, the big trees yep. don't last long. There's yellow so much birch, wind. Yellow birches. and Yeah, there's, there's rhine frost on everything. Which it's is beautiful. beautiful up oh, there. I love it. I love that. The, the clouds have now solidified, um, and there's no more sunshine, but it's just cl overhead clouds, mm -hmm. and the visibility is pretty good. You, know, nice. you can see a couple hundred yards or more. The snow is pretty much quit. I'm going real easy. And just working my way through that brush, I can see everywhere. It's now, quiet. when you have, when you come into an area that's wide open-ish, you gotta go slow. Yeah. Because they could be 200 yards watching yep. you. You don't work just bust into openings ever. Right. Take yep. your time and look it over real good. And the more you can see, the more territory you can see, the more you gotta take your time and look it over, right? Yep. Because he could have gone pretty. Sh I'm looking down the track and I can see it 50 yards in front of me. And I'm watching the track as far ahead as I can. I'm also looking way out for movement. And I'm, I'm scanning quickly once to make sure he's not just standing in a wide open. Then I look more thoroughly trying to see a piece of him somewhere. Yep. Yeah, I do the same thing. Well, I've, I've come up to a, like a new little area there where I've got to look it over. I come out around a corner. I'm looking it over. I did it quick. I did my quick scan. Now I'm looking real slow and easy. And I pick out an ear and a horn, right? And I can see just part of his head. And he's out there in that brush. And he's, he's probably a hundred a good solid hundred yards. And he's looking back at me. And this is where the scope would have been beautiful because I could have seen the rack a little bit better. You know, it would have been nice to see the deer. All I could see was those parts of him. Mm, and I couldn't see out. any more of him. There was so much like brush at his level yeah nothing to shoot at but i did pick it out and i'm yep. looking right at it good eyes so now i'm just standing there and i'm watching and i'm trying not to move because he's looking and, mm -hmm. and i don't dare to move unless he moves you know and so i'm just watching and watching and watching and and now man it's been a minute and a half working on two minutes yep he finally turns his head and he puts his head down and then i see the head come back up and he's still facing away to the west nice. from me he's nice. not his head isn't pointed towards me anymore so i feel better about that yep he puts his head down again and now he's just gone i just don't see him anymore and i said well he must have moved so i looked the brush over and i picked the best path now i know the spot where i need to look for him and i don't care about the track so much anymore mm. i want to keep my eyes on the deer yeah don't don't when you're in a situation like that don't look at the track because right. the track's irrelevant Right. There's no, like it doesn't right. do you any that good. That doesn't matter right You now. need a good walking path and you need to look for deer. And I want to keep shooting lanes open. Yes. Always yep. the shooting lanes. And a lanes. place to move and get, and get an adjusted point of view if you need to. If you need to yes. slide over whatever in order to see him running or something or see him staying there and you want to get over so get the stuff out in between you, 
You got to pick your lanes before you move. Well, I'm looking at his last known direction, you know, yep. where he was going to walk to, which was kind of northwest. Yep. That means I want to go northwest-ish, and I want to find a lane in front of him where I can see. So if he steps out so into it. So if he steps out, yep. or if I jump him, he'll come across it, and I'll get a chance to see him. Yep. You want to get eyes on him as much as possible. Even if I if it's a spot where I'm, I might not get a shot, I at least want to see him yep. because it's confirmation. Right. That's right. I'm always trying to confirm, confirm, confirm. Right. So I, I, I swing to my right a little bit, north kind of, he's, he's headed to my right and I swing to my right, just a whisker, trying to keep that shooting lane and keep that vision opening, looking for openings out in front of him. Yeah. So I find one and I find a pretty decent open in front of him. And now I work my way up that opening in his direction and I'm hunting. I'm going nice and easy. I'm trying to cover my movement. I move and stop and move and stop. And I'm really just kind of sneaking along and getting right up through there. I get right up to there and he's already crossed my shooting lane. Ah. Right? Which is, that's bound to happen. Yep. You know, he crossed it before I, I found it. You know, I've gone a couple hundred yards. He's crossed that shooting lane and now he's back to my right again. So I'm paying attention to the right and now I'm back on top of the track. Well, I don't go 50 yards, and he really goes to my right and does a wicked hook. Uh-oh. And he only goes 50 yards. Uh-oh. Right? So, like, uh -oh. he made me. Yep. And he spotted. He's he's made a hook to he, see. He saw you come. put his head he down. Saw and he saw me making moves wind. on him. Yep. Yes. He went to get some wind on you. Yeah. So he hooks to my right some, and he, he goes about 30 yards to my right, and he's about 50 yards ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And here I am on the track and he's off to uh, the right. He blows at me yep. and away he goes and he goes back Northwest back in line with his first track. Yep. So he makes his hook to the right. So I, I put that in the old memory box, right? Yep. If you see a hook to the right, this is probably what he likes to do. This is, it's his move. Yes. They have their own like signature yep. stuff. They'll, box of tricks now in maine a lot of times uh i think they get chased by in big woods they tend to get chased by coyotes more than they do people for sure so they love to run with the wind and smell their backtrack yes in vermont with us crazy deer trackers <laughs> harassing the living dickens out of every single giant buck that's around yep. they get chased yep. by humans a lot and they run into humans a lot because there's more hunters on the ground. Yep. And they like to now know if there's hunters in front of them. So in Vermont, a lot of times they run into the wind. Yep, so they can see what they're coming So they against. make sure they don't run into someone, right? That running into someone is an issue. So... It's good for us, though, because we can predict which way he's going to run. He's going to run into the wind, right? Mm -hmm. So he can smell what's going in front you of him. You know where he's going, That's basically. Right. Well, sure enough, he runs into the wind, and he goes down off the mountain. Um, we're up 3,100 3, feet. He runs downhill. He drops down to about 2,500 feet. He loses a good 500 feet, and he's got big bounds. He's really going. Hammering. He got to see me at about 35 or 40 yards. And he was off to my side, and he blew at me and ran. So I said, now we're in for a bit of a chase. Mm -hmm. This is when it 
they got good confirmation and the second time now you're yes. coming now they know however this is an older buck yeah. and he has been chased quite a bit before if this was a two two and a half year old and this was like the fifth or sixth time i'd have jumped him he showed me what deer running was all about yeah he had taken he, you to new he, hampshire <laughs> young buck will often run like a doe just straight out just hammer you know they'll just go terrified but this is an old man and he wants to see what's going on yep. he knows better than to leave that mountain and he knows better than to burn all of his energy straight up. Right. And he wants to see if I'm going to keep coming. He knows you're not fast. That's right. So I'm just coming along. The snow's quite a bit deeper. And we're on the western side where the snow is, the wind is blown a lot. And it's almost up to my knees. Piled it up. Yes. But yep. it's soft, fluffy stuff. Yep. I'm working my way through it. Has a little bit of wind blown, it's temperature. swept it's stuff. Oh, it's pretty cold. Yep. yep. Yeah, not enough for icicles on your mustache. Like, but like high 20s? Yeah, yeah, teens maybe. Teens are a little higher, Ooh. 20s, right? Chilly. The, the breeze is up a little bit, but mm. not a lot. Not enough to be noisy, noisy. So he jumps down off the hill. Boom, boom, big 20-footers. And he goes about 20, 20-footers. And then he slows down, and he makes little 10-foot. Da-doom, 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 da-doom. And down into the less snow... And he slows to a, a trot and then come to some softwood. I can see the softwood coming in front of me. And I yep. said, oh, right in He's there. So right I'm already there. picking it over before I even get to it, right? That's like a bunch of lily pads if you're bass fishing, right? You see those lily pads. He's probably structure. There. Go easy, right? Yep. It's structure. He gets down in that stuff, and he feels better and more secure, and he slows down. Yep. So I'm looking for him to slow down. I'm watching my side of that greenery as I'm approaching it, and I'm coming down his track, and I'm going easy. I'm going nice and easy. Now, remember, I'm wearing snow camo, and he's never been chased by snow camo, and he doesn't know what that is. Maybe. So we've gone four or 500 yards, yep. and he gets to that greenery, and guess what he does? Puts the brakes on. Puts the brakes on, and then does a right hand hook naturally he wants to get you in now the hook's a little bigger this time about 100 yards Ooh. i see it coming and i leave the track Ooh. and i plow right risky i'm learning right risky but we actually we talked about this in one of our videos was to swing it or not right to leave the track yes and leaving the track when the advantages you, and disadvantages. When the advent, yeah, right. the, the pros and cons to swinging a track. And a lot of times when you have a buck that likes, that has like a pattern of behavior when he knows he's being followed, that's when you're better off to leave the track. Yep. Because staying on the track when you have bad wind and he's hooking you, you is not going to help you at all when he knows you're coming, right? The, the swinging it, right? The buck down is farther down the hill, hooks to the right, and he's going to wait for you to come along his backtrack and check you out again. Right. Now, if you leave to the right before you get there and you keep your eyes downhill, you may see him looking back at his track and now you've got him. And this is what you're thinking in your head. Yes. Yeah. And he's off to my right. Someplace. And you and I did this in New Hampshire. Yes. A few years ago on that yep. nice one. Yep. Same thing. Now, to, to tell you how long ago this was, I didn't grunt back then. Ooh. That probably would have helped. That would have helped like crazy, like, yeah. right? It would have been the, almost the same exact scenario as a grunt buck. Uh, I could have got that buck to come right back him. to me back originally. On, and it, on top. And it might have worked on the small buck first thing. It might have worked on him too. He'd have got up out yep. of his bed and come right to yep. me. Had you When you had come up over the hill, 
I was he expecting was him to be laying right you there. You could have got him That's to right. hang out a little bit more. That's right. It probably wouldn't have stopped him from swinging you, though, because most of the time, grunting before they've made you works better than trying to get them to chill out after you've already bumped them. Right, right. Because a lot of times, like work. it doesn't, it doesn't no. work all that well. Like no. that's why Casey's last year worked so well. Was we were coming through making noise before he had any idea what we are. We were grunting, so he's like, mm, "Deer," and then peak curiosity, and he walks in. Well, you have grunting noise, grunting noise, grunting noise. Yep. You know that sounds like a buck coming through the woods. Yes. Now, of course. Uh, I see the hook, and I just get into the greenery with him. There's quite a few uh, big, tall spruce that have blown over, and there's some big blowdowns in there. So he hooks a couple of them big blowdowns, and he's standing off to the side of me. Now I see the turn going to the right again, and I'm watching like crazy, and I do a complete 90. I see the hook to the right out in front of me about... 50, 60 yards. I see him turn to the this right. This is the importance of looking down the track. And it's real thick to the right. Yep. You right? can hide a little bit. Yes. So I'm like, oh, he's right here. Now him and I are just standing there together. Now he's got all the patience in the world because he very well could have seen me up until then. And he lives there. Yes. And I'm saying, well, he's right here with me. So I'm just standing there. Now, after a while, I stood there like six minutes. And then I had a meltdown. I'm like, I got to move. Couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. So I said, I'll just I'll move a little bit. And I could see up a spot where I would see on the other side a little better. There's a shooting lane there. Yep. So I moved to the shooting lane. And just as I'm getting into it, Ugh. he hasn't crossed it, but he's on the left of the shooting lane. And he blows at me and runs again. Damn. And all I see is the rear end. And yep. away he goes. Tail. So I walk over there. Sure enough, it's him. Yep. And he does a whole bunch of do 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 in the snow. He was he getting was impatient, that. too. Right. He was moving around looking for you. Yeah. Well, he didn't move too much. I mean, he, he was pacing in that spot. Yeah. Looking, yep. you know. Stressed. Yeah. You had him all worked up. Yep. And, of course, he blows at me, and off he goes again. Yep. So this time, I blow at him. Mm. I do it right back. Oh. A little bit of his own medicine. And I just stand there. Yep. I don't follow him. I, I saw him run, and I'm standing on the edge of that. I'm right in that shooting lane. Mm -hmm. And I can see, boy, a, a good 100 yards or more. And if he, say he runs down my left-hand side of the shooting lane for a ways and then busts out way down, I might be able to get a shot, right? So I've got my gun up, and I blew at him, and I'm waiting. And yep. I'm saying, come on, step back out into that lane a little bit. But he doesn't. So another couple, three minutes go by, and I start getting impatient. So nice and slow and easy. I start walking with the gun. I've got my gun right there, fairly ready to go. Be, yeah. it, it's up. It's it's not up, but it's I've got it right up against my chest. you got two good two-hand grip yep. on it. Yep, and I'm walking ahead, and I'm watching and I'm trying to pick the, the brush to the left, <laughs> and I'm looking for him to, to maybe jump him and have him come across that hole so I can get a shot. Yep. So I'm working down through there, and I don't think he's gone very far. Well, he didn't go 40 yards. Ugh. That blowing at him stopped him. Yep. Now I'm coming down the shooting lane, and I stop again, and I wait a long time, which is the only real thing I can do. Yeah, you've got nothing else going for no. you. No. 
Yep. And if I just keep coming and he's looking right at me, you're gonna I'm be just going to give myself away. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Now, this is when calling would be great, but I don't. I didn't know how to do it, aside from blowing at him that one time. Had you ever, had you ever done that before that? I had that? done that before, and it had worked. Okay. It so, stopped so, a couple days. So you had, you had back at him before. Yes. I had yeah. done that before, and I did that to this one. Yep. That call's amazing when you hear it. Isn't I, that when, I, big, I, when a big buck does it? Wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a it's scream. A neat it's sound, incredible. But it usually means you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's a it's a great sound to hear, but it doesn't mean anything good. It's not <laughs> good generally. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, it's like a railroad whistle. So he's mm -hmm. a big deer, and I yep. know he's a big deer. Awesome. And I I I get down my shooting lane. I go a little farther, a little farther, a little farther, and then wow! And he does it again, and off he goes. Again, staying to the west staying and he, he does these hooks but continues in the same general direction every time so he's made three four hooks now Ooh. he's made four hooks to the right yep and he usually goes about 40 yards in his hook so he's he's just trying to get eyeballs on me and yep. he's not interested in smelling me which is pretty rare usually by then they're starting to hook downwind. They wanna... They're starting to run downwind so that they can smell you coming along. See yep. what it is better, right, with the yep. nose. Yep. He's not interested in the nose. Which is odd for a big buck. Yeah. It is. They normally want to smell. Right. He's not. Hmm. He turns it on now. 20-footers. Jumpity, uh. jumpity, jump down through there. And he goes down, 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 headed. down, down. Headed right for the valley below mm. is a whole bunch of greenery he's headed valley. is he headed down on the still headed the western side and not the northern side with a small buck went he's going is he gonna right back? he's in a whole so, new section of woods yeah. the little buck isn't anywhere near him yeah. we're, we're so you're half, still three quarters of a mile away from that little buck yeah now. you're still heading in the same direction that you were yes okay i'm a solid mile and a quarter mile and a half mm. from where i first started hunting okay the little buck way back there Way back when. So we've skirted one 3,000-footer, gone into a notch and up onto the next one. We're dropping into the next valley. It's now about 1.30. And downhill we go. It slows down to a trot and then hops up onto this boulder. There's this big rock in front of me. Hmm. It's about as big as like the, the rock in the, the table in the, the shop here. What's it's a, about it's this about big, three feet high and about six or seven feet in diameter. He jumps yeah. up on top of that rock to get a view. I'd never seen that before, really? ever in my whole life. Hmm. He hops up on that to get a view. King of the rock. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh. he did that to get a look at me. Yeah. There's a beaver dam coming up. He hops yeah. off, so he must have seen me coming. He hops off. Instead of going to the beaver dam, before he gets to the water and stuff, he turns and swings back west again, headed south a little ways. Now he's turned west, and there's a, a pretty thick green sprucey area right there. And generally, there's a bunch of does in there. Yep. Sure enough, he leads me right into a, a whole patch of deer tracks. I can see deer tracks coming up just as I start into these more green trees. That's a that's out a of classic, the hardwoods. Classic deer whitetail move. Yes, is running to other deer. running to other deer to other things going on. He's right? figured out I'm trying to kill him. Yeah, and now he's like, I'm going to scrape him off on these other deer. <laughs> 
Well, he, he slows to a walk, and he goes right in amongst those other deer and walks right through them. Now, there's six of them, does and fawns. Yep. He gets past them and takes off running again. Very smart. Rodney comes along and says, ooh, other deer, and his tracks everywhere. Little bit of a barnyard. I, I, so I stop. You I'm, have to. I'm 15 minutes standing there. Even if you think he's gone through the other side, you have to hang out because if all of a sudden one takes off and that was him and he was standing right in front of you, you yep. got to pick them all over and you can't disturb any of them and you really got to Or he'll patience. just go past them a little ways and, and then, leave them as a lookout. That's right. And then hang out. And I'm out. expecting him to do that, yep. and which watch the, he watch. very well might have. Yeah, see if they run and get disturbed. Yeah, I'm thinking he'll use these deer as a lookout. He'll be on the far side of them. Which... Or maybe that big butt that I can see in the bushes over there is him, right? So I'm watching this deer, and all I can see is his butt, right? And yep. then all of a sudden up comes a head, and it's a doe. And she's chewing away. Bald. Yeah, she puts her <laughs> head back down and goes back to chewing. Perfect. So I wiggle, wiggle, wiggle right up to him. And, oh, there's another one. And, oh, there's another one. And then out comes a third one over there. So I've got three on my right, two on my left. And I'm watching all of them, and they're all bald. I'm checking them over. I stand there for 15 minutes with them other deer. Mm-hmm. Now, this would have been another great time to call. Yep. He might have felt brave enough to come have a look with all of those other deer there. Yep. If he went past them, and he's standing there using them as a lookout. However, it So may, I'm saying to myself. It does make you, though. Because and he has gone straight through this barnyard. <laughs> I've stuck with his track, and I'm pretty sure I'm still on it. And he's gone right does, through this barnyard of other deer. Did his track stand out quite a bit? Even yes. though it was a barnyard, you could look he down. He was big. Nice. And all the other deer were small. You yep. couldn't miss it. Nice. So that makes it I, easier. Yes. And they all went together, but he was on top of everything. And I said, yep, I'm still on it. This is him. I finally get about 35 yards from these other deer, and they're amazed at the snow camel. They saw me move, and then as soon as I stopped moving, it's like I disappeared. Where'd he go? They start looking around when I didn't move. They're like, where did he go? And then I would move, and they'd lock back on me again. And I was amazed at how good snow camel works. Oh, does that work good? Mm -hmm. You think regular camel's good? Put on some snow camo. Yeah, that works really good. Especially when snow. you have those when it's mostly white. Yeah, the trees are covered, and, you, and like the trees are all completely covered, and you just like throw like a white t-shirt on it's over amazing. your coat. Well, I mean, make sure that you're following the whatever regulation for orange. Yeah, wear your like, orange. There's a surface. Be doing. Yeah. Yes, one orange is the best safety-wise. Two, if you have like a regulation um, in your state as to the amount of. Uh, inches or square inches you have to have of orange on your body at whatever but you could still fill in the rest of the space with orange you could throw a white shirt on or a white long sleeve over your coat and then put a vest over that or have like layers and it'll break you up like crazy it breaks your outline up yes because even if it's just this little patch of orange right it's gray to them and it can blend in easier than an entire there's no snow on the ground don't do it yeah You will look like a deer then. You're white. Well, that's that's right? the same. White on bare ground is not good. That's the same as wearing uh, in a completely snowed environment, wearing dark woods camo. You stand right out. It's the same thing as wearing white camo on dark background. Same thing. Exactly. That's right. So, like, you know, 
so the deer all just like are surprised by there's something over there. And then the wind does a, a dosy do uh, and the big one goes, wow. And she like, there's somebody here. No. And she, she keys right out. up. Yep. But she still doesn't know where I am. She's well, no. looking right yeah. through me and looking for me right through me. And it I goes. love that, you know, it works so good. Yep. They all jump off and they don't go down my track. I'm so happy about that. Right. Cause I don't want them to go say he went a hundred yards and now they all comply piling down his track. They'll scatter Stamp him. Yep. You know, I want him to just go past them and stop. And I want them to slip away and he doesn't know it. If there's a gap between him and the other deer and I want a gap, on. I don't know if there's a gap or not. They all <laughs> jump off. I'm ready to go in case he joins them, but he doesn't, I don't see him anywhere. Yep. I wait a little while. Nothing seems to happen. So I continue along my track. They, they go to the, pretty much 90 degree left to, to us, me and the buck. So that's good. Yep. You know, they, they move off to the side and I'm like, that's great. Cool. Most of the time they'll shoot out in front of you. Mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll run all directly away, directly on top of your mm -hmm. track. They'll meet up with your track. And then all those deer will all smash and crash up the mountain. That's they, normally how it goes. Yep. This time I was lucky. It didn't. Yeah. I followed the buck for a little ways and he never stopped and used them as a sounding board he just continued on. he continued and he never changed Ooh. pace so he went through them and then continued moving on nice and didn't hang around that's not normal to, that's not normal either not for not for where we are that's nope. not normal most behavior. of the time they'll pull through the other deer and stop on the other side and watch they'll what do happens. it with moose too yes do, yeah le, do, mm -hmm. go buy a bedded moose and then and then stand there and watch him yep, 75 yards in the backside. just watch them and see if they freak out yeah and if they yep. freak out he's gone yep and he's got a 300 yard jump on whatever move they make because you're too busy messing around trying not to disturb deer moose whatever right it's a it's a great move yes it's a diversion this this is this is some really good stuff on it's this a buck. Trap. i learned so much from this buck yeah he taught me a lot and these are good lessons that you guys will be able to get too so so he just and he was trotting or he walked right through just and just a kept good walking. big fast like walk stepping like a zombie yeah. walk stepping right along yeah stepping okay. right along just yep. like i'm leaving doom -da -doom -da -doom -da -doom on a walk yeah and and it was a steady fairly straight line pace Yep. But he was sticking to cover. So again, he, he wants to not run into anybody and he wants to just get, get along and move along through here. So we go across the valley and up this next big kind of hump and there's a major road out in front of us. And he doesn't want to cross the major road. Blacktop? Yes. Yep. Why? It's a Vermont deer, right? He's been tracked. He knows roads are trouble. Yep. So he pulls up, and now he's looking down on the road. It's a fairly steep, good-sized bump right in front of us. Mm. There's rock on one side that's really like a cliff. And then the road, it's a big, soft, round knob, and the road is probably 350 yards from us down the hill. And he doesn't like that either. And yep. he, he's kind of pinched between going over the hump Mistake. or going to the road. Mistake for him. Or going to the cliff. Yep. He's kind of pinched there a little bit. Now I'm seeing that he's pinched what, what's coming up. And I said, oh, he ought to hit the brakes Looking right ahead here. It's time for a hook and a time for a confirmation if Rodney's here or not. Yep. Right? Plus, if he does cross the blacktop, it's posted and I'm done. Yep. 
So I'm standing there. This and is I'm it. Thinking, this is like, this, this is, is crunch This time. is a good time to shoot yep. him after all of this. And he's had yep. the other deer and he's had a good long break because yep. I was messing with the other deer and it gave him a good Maybe break. Maybe he's chill. Maybe he's Maybe. chill. Maybe. So I'm, I'm saying, mm, mm. this is going to be the time to leave the track. Now, the other thing is he's turned south some. And now he's even turned east a little bit, and the wind is blowing towards the east. Now the cliff is on the, my left, the road is on my right, the buck and the hump are right in front of me, and he's kind of southeast, and I'm thinking, I want to hook towards the road. And pinch him between the cliff and I don't you. want him to go to the posters. And, I don't want yeah. him to go to the road and the nope. posters and be gone. And it's better that he turn around and start and working head back the, into the state forest where you right? guys were coming from. That's right. Than it is for him to go down and, or mess with any of this other stuff. You don't want to yes. go crawling over that cliff either. So I'm thinking, but if I do hook to the right and I do go to his west, he is going to smell me. Guaranteed. Which means I can't do it slowly. If I'm going to hook towards the road and the wind's blowing that way, I got to do it pretty quick. I got to move right along. Quick and now quiet. he's had a big break. The woods are fairly thick. And I'm thinking, what's your visibility? Uh, about 60 yards. Okay. Not too bad. It's a little tight. Yeah, a little tight, but not too that's, bad. That's working it's, tightness. It's, yeah, a working you know tight I mean? like compared that's, that's to good. the huge 200 yards view that I had. Having in the, open in the big forest woods. where the kind of deer that we have and what we have going on most of the time screws you more. Yeah, than the it open works. woods will Because, really screw you know, you. they can be just down over the knob and just have their nose peeking up that 200 yards and see you coming and you're screwed. The Tighter woods with, work better here. But the, the, the really, really tight woods aren't any good because they hear you. Well, you're too you close. You get close to them. You're too close. You're too close. You end up jumping you. it like you did the small buck in the beginning. Right. And you and end he up was stepping, in real tight You stuff. end up stepping right on them. Yep. Yep. Or yep. they hear you coming and so they're gone you, and you can't ever so see you're, them. So you almost have a beautiful situation going on here. Uh, and it's looking really good. Yeah. But I'm running out of time. It's 3 o'clock now. Yep. So I said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to hook towards the road. I'm going to predict how far ahead he's going to be and i'm just going to guess take I'm just a risk going to use my guts and use my feelings where i think he is and i'm going to kind of last of the mohegans it yep because he's he's every time now he's hooked hustle. to the right i can't take the chance of him crossing into the posters and not hooking to the right because that's where he always is yep so and, I said, I yep. got to take the chance. I got to do it quickly. And I'm going to like move right along like I'm a deer. Like I'm going to go fast and just see what happens. Maybe he'll stand there and go, what is going on? Yes, he'll let me run right up to him. I'm going to take that chance. Yep. So I take off. I said, that's it. And I, I keep a shooting lane in the direction I think he is. Yep. Stay ready. So I go right along and I'm moving. I'm going pretty quick and I, I'm hooking as fast as I can. I'm side hilling some and climbing some. So I'm not real fast. And after about 150 yards, I start slowing up, but I go as quickly as Stay I can. Stay steady. Yep. Nice yep. and steady. I come across a, a couple of blowdowns I can see coming at about a hundred yards. And I said, boy, it's real thick. And that's where he ought to, if he's mm -hmm. going to take a break and stop, it's going to be cover. right there. So I put that in between us and I just hook my way right up through there and I haven't cut his track now yep. and it's feeling the hair on the back of my neck starting to stand up. I'm looking for the yep. bugger and I'm pretty sure now that I'm definitely between him and the road. I want to come at him from the roadside so he runs back to land I can hunt him. Yep. And you know where he'll be tomorrow. That's right. 
So I'm hooking and I'm coming and I'm coming and I'm coming and I'm coming right up through there and I'm looking and I'm looking at those blowdowns real hard and I get right up to the first one and I stop. Now I, I, I'm moving fast and then I just come to a dead stop. Boom. Now that's when he would run, right? Yep. When you stop, when you, when start you start and you stop, right? Exactly. That's when you pay the most attention. Yep. I come to a stop and I just freeze. Now I'm keeping my gaze in the direction I, I'm pretty sure the deer should be. And when I move, I don't move my eyes or anything. I just keep big eyes and I'm looking for movement. Try to keep him. your peripheral, see yes. as much as you can at the same time. As keeping a big eyes as much as I can while I stop. Boom. Yep. And I'm looking and I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. I'm just wired. My heart's pounding because I've been running. And I'm you're breathing excited. pretty good. I'm excited and I'm expecting to see him right there. And he's there. a hog. I said, that bugger's it's right a hog. here, right? And I want to get him. Yep. So I'm, I'm standing there. And now I start my sweep real quick. And as I start my sweep real quick, there he is right there about 60 yards on my left. Ugh. And all I can see is like the part of his hind quarter. That's it. Of course. And I'm like right there. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Uh. And I should be grunting. But you don't know that. I know, I know that's know killing me. I'm like, grunt, dude. And they didn't have tipper cans <laughs> back then, right? Yeah. So I'm watching. So automatically, I lean to see more deer. I lean backwards towards his rear to see more of them, and I can't see more. So now I lean frontwards, trying to get the get front part ready. of the deer. I want him in my sights, right? Yep. I, he's right there. My gun's right up, and I walk ahead a little bit, and I walk a little bit more, and there's a stick God made sticks Classic. under the snow, and I step on that thing, and oh. it goes hook, and he shifts. And of course, which way does he go? Back into our good woods, right? Yep. He runs back the way in the direction we came from, away yep. from the road. And I'm like, ah, cool. boy. And he doesn't run real hard, but he jumps off and he goes straight away from me. And of course, there's nothing I can do. All the trees yep. in between us and off. He and goes. by the time you step to the side, he's gone yep. 35 yards. So you're I screwed. get down there and I look, and he had bedded down and had jumped to his feet. When you had come out, when 10 you yards, had come when up. I saw him stand okay. there with his butt. Ugh. So he had gotten Ugh. up out of his bed and only gone about 10 feet and then stood there yep. when I saw him. Now, if he ha would have happened to stop in a spot I could see his chest, it had been over. It had been over right there. I'd have shot him right there and had him. And that breaking from the track and making that right hand hook of about 300 yards would have done it. If you know the deer's pattern. If he has a yep. pattern of behavior he sticks to, and you're going to get the wind, yep. and you're going to get the uphill advantage most of the time, take the, for take, some take reason, the swing. And he didn't smell me for some reason. I hooked him completely. What the hell? And ended up on his side wind and went a completely upwind to him, and he never smelt me, which That's, is amazing. Or is, he never reacted to it. Or he's just like, whatever, and doesn't care yep, for, some, for some strange reason. That was I expected yeah. to either run dead into him or have him smell me and run off, which was what I was expecting the most, that he would have smelt me and run at least run back to Goodwoods, yeah. and, and I would have at least scared him back into decent See, woods. So you step on the stick, it snaps, he, he takes jumps, off. And he's down and, over the and hill, he's and he's going back down into the beaver dam where the other deer ran. Down towards the other deer. Yep, and back down towards that beaver dam, and yep. it's before the cliff. So he hooks on the, the west side of the cliff and down the hill and into the valley. And it's a beautiful big valley there. It's a kind of a famous spot around here. I drop down into it with him. And he goes out across it and then skirts the beaver pond. 
and heads east back in the direction we came from. And as soon as he goes around the beaver pond, he turns right onto the dam and he's done a complete Yui in about 250 yards. Hmm. He went a complete U and goes out about 300 yards, goes over about 300 yards, and now turns and comes back about 300 yards. Weird. And I'm like, oh my God, he's right freaking here. Yeah. Or them other deer. I'm thinking, he must have smelt something. He goes across the beaver dam. Now, the beaver dam's got some ice on it. Yep. It's fairly open. You right? ain't going through there. And if I go across it where he crossed it, which is the best place to cross, if I go someplace where I can't see the ice and I make a horrendous amount of noise, I'm screwed. Oh, and you don't want to fall in. Now, the hillside above the is next to the cliff again. He's gone back towards the face of the cliff just a little bit. He wants to be Pretty nasty. He yep. wants to be there. He wants to park there. But as soon as I can, I'm looking across the beaver dam, and it's only about 50 yards of beaver dam. I'm looking across it, and it's pretty decent spot where I could see tracks yep. on the other side of the beaver dam. And he's gone up the hill into the greenery, but he's done it in kind of a little bit of a screwy pattern up the hillside in front of me. And I can see some tracks in the snow about 100, 150 yards in front of me up that bank. Yep. I gotta, I've got to go across the dam. I've got no choice. It's 4 o'clock now. And it gets dark at about quarter of 5. So I'm going to be done shortly. Yep. So I tiptoe across the dam as quiet as I can. And I did make one little ice clink. But it's, it's muffled. It's under the eight inches of snow. So I, I'm as quiet as I can. I get across on his side, and the thing's bird-dogging. He's walking like he's smelling something. And I'm saying, those other deer, I bet they're in here. And he's, like, looking for them. Now, it's only about 150 yards of softwood on this side hill. And then the rest is wide-open hardwoods everywhere. Mm -hmm. so he's right here yeah but i'm on the clock tomorrow's the last day this is the last evening right tomorrow's the last day it's saturday right saturday evening sunday it's done i climb up into that stuff and sure enough there's a deer track and he gets right on top of it mm. it's about a 130 pounder and i'm like hmm boy I, I don't know if it's a buck or a doe, but it's about a 130-pound deer. Yeah. Not, not a, if it's a doe, it's a nice one. Yeah. He follows it right up the, up the hill, and it's going real easy like it's going to lay down. And it follows that track for about 20 yards. And I walk right up that 20 yards, and then both deer turn and abruptly go downhill, but they're walking. So I'm going up this like hook right on the middle of this bank and I look down the bank and I can see the big hardwood bowl where him and I came from. And it's giant maple trees as far as the eye can see. And it's beautiful like sugar woods, snow covered. And it's a beautiful hillside. And I can see five or 600 yards up across this giant hillside. So if I jump him out of here, I'm gonna be able to watch him run up that far side, right? I follow him down the bank with my eyes, and there's a few low branches. So I shuffle real slow and careful over to these branches, and I'm almost squatting, kneeling down. And I look, 
and the two deer tracks split right in front of me. I said, oh, they separated. So super quiet. I'm just crawling right now, super easy. I'm moving my, my foot. It takes me a minute to move my foot ahead a foot. Like I'm creeping, death creep right now, right? Because one of those deer is, it feels like it's right in my lap right here. I, I real easy, I go around these two branches that are covered with snow and I'm trying not to move anything. And the two tracks have separated and I look down the bank at the big one and it takes off running. Ba-boing, 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 ba-boing. And I'm like, you bugger. So I look to my left where the other track went. And as I look to my left, about 10 feet away, there's deer hair laying in the snow right there. Ugh. I pick up my gun and I lean forward to see what it is. And I'm like, if that's him and I'm looking at the wrong track, because the snow's so deep and fluffy, I might be looking at the wrong one. Yeah. And he could be laying right here. Yeah. Literally, it's like walking in your house and there's a deer laying on your floor. <laughs> like the butt is sticking out, right? I look and yeah. it, there's a deer laying right there. It's like three rifle lengths from me. Yeah. It's laying right there. I, I squat down just a little tiny bit and it's a buck. And he's facing away from me, and he doesn't know I'm standing there. Score! Then I look back towards the big track, and I look up in that 500 yards of hardwoods, and there is that SOB running <laughs> up the hill away oh. from me. He's making big That's jumps. That's cold. And he's running up the mountain. With he, a middle finger sticking back. Yeah. That's cold, I'm man. I'm like, oh, I said to myself, <laughs> And no I gave that deer the finger. And I looked at this deer, and it's a beautiful <laughs> wide four-pointer. Yep. A great Vermont deer. Nice deer on the last weekend of muzzleloader season, on the last of the season of the seasons, right? You're dead. It's not the last day. <laughs> oh. Now, this deer, I have that old frontier, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you pull back the hammer, what does it do? Click. click, click, click. Right? <laughs> oh, now, no. it can't click because that deer is 10 feet away from me. <laughs> right? He's chewing his cud, and I'm watching the Just back of his beautiful. ears. Yeah. I'm watching the back of his ears, and he's got these beautiful wide four points, right? Yeah. And he's chewing his <laughs> cud, and he doesn't have a clue. No. And I pull the trigger and pull the hammer back. Very smart. Ah. And I get it all the way back, and I let go of the trigger. The 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 creep, the creep, freaking. Because it has the half cock yep. click, and then and it goes the full cock, cock click click. But it disengages the clicks if you squeeze the trigger on and that. And you have to have your hammer all the way forward to hold the percussion cap down, so you don't lose it, right? Yep. And so you so when the you pull back the hammer, you got to make sure you didn't pull the cap off. And it fall in the snow. Meanwhile, oh that thing is God. chewing its cut and it's 10 feet from me, right? Oh so I, I pull that thing back and the cap stays. And I go past with my finger on the trigger, pulled all the way, 
I pull it past half cock, pull it back to full cock. I let go of the trigger and it holds. Now, I am not going to trust that it's going to hold it. Hold it. So I'm holding the hammer with my thumb <laughs> and I put it on that deer's neck, execution style, right? Oh. And I pull the trigger and let go of that thing at the same time and kaboom. And he doesn't even get out of his bed. And he's dead and he's kicking away. And I look up on the hill and he takes off running again. That, oh my God. That's cold, man. He just brought you to a smaller buck and said, you'll be a good decoy. <laughs> oh my God, that's cold. <laughs> of course, what are the two words you say to that deer running up the hill? F-O, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, straight up. Yeah. But... I said that, and then I tipped my hat to him because he won. Absolutely. By the time I was done with that big one, he had made 17 right-hand hooks. I had almost shot him five times. Yep. Like, I, I'd get him in my sights, and i just almost get a shot, almost get a shot. That deer made 17 right-hand hooks. Epic big buck chase. Yep. Epic. See, that's why tracking is awesome it is a story it is a it's an epic proportion battle it's amazing yep what a story Just so tell us about the smaller buck what do you weigh uh, i was like 135 pounds or whatever Perfect. you know just a two right and a half year old do you actually you know? have that here in the shop um or is it at camp is that a camp no i think it's at it's up at the house oh that okay was at cool. the house yep yep it's a horn yep. plaque yeah yep nice yep. deer just the way it goes. That's awesome. And I learned so much from that big buck. Yep. And I didn't know to grunt at the time. That would have killed that deer. That Probably. would have finished him off. Probably. The fact he never wanted to smell me was unusual. That, that is also unusual. pretty unusual But as well. he'd been chased a lot. He was a four or five-year-old. He'd been chased a lot, and he knew to scrape you off on something. Yep. I've had quite a few of them that will try and uh, say, well, here's let's play some water games. Oh, I no, you want to chase me? Chase this. And they jump in the water, right? And, yeah. and they pull water games. Or then they pull cliff, straight up over a cliff, straight down off a cliff. They'll play deer games, reindeer games, right? They'll run <laughs> you into a whole bunch of other, and yeah. it'll be raining deer. They'll be all over the place. And they'll say, well, what, where's the one I want, right? Uh, they play reindeer games. Yeah. I've played that. I've had them play moose games. Get in with a whole bunch of moose. Yeah. They run through the moose, stop on the other side. All and the wait. moose get up and then run on his track and cover and it they, up. And they demolish a track they run yes. on. Yes. And, they, of course, where do they run? Right up the deer's track. Yep. He takes off, and they continue running up his track. Covers it. Then they bump him, and he goes farther up the, heel, up the hill, yep. stops, lets them go off, and then waits for you to come along. And yep. if you come along, now he's off again. Yep. What do you think was the a few of the biggest like either lessons or things that you took from that hunt and started applying them to future deer that got you big bucks? What do you think that he taught you the most? The biggest stuff was uh, the terrain changes in the woods. Like reading the land. Reading the woods and yep. saying, oh, there's something coming up. You know, by looking yep. at the canopy of trees up ahead and seeing not only the shape of the canopy ahead tells you the topography of what's coming up, but also, too, it tells you the kind of trees that are coming up, how thick the woods are coming up. Um, that part he, he was great at. And he, he stopped where I would have stopped. Yep. 
I started being able to predict by the pace of how hard he ran in the beginning, how hard I jumped him. Yeah. If you, if you get him, you hit him real hard, they'll run harder, farther, longer, longer. Mm. And then also it taught me how to pick like the security areas where he's likely to stop. Like if you play water games, he's going to give you some water games. And when he gets on the other side, he'll take a break. Yeah. Uh, they'll go to a big patch of cover and stop on the edge. Then meander through it, stop in the center or stop mm. on the far side. Stopping on the far side is what lots yep. of main as do. you come through that thick, noisy mm. spot, he has a chance to hear you yep. and know you're coming. Yeah. Sometimes those are good to hook if they're not too big. The hooking can be real effective right then. That can work pretty good. Yep. Uh, swale grass games. Oh my God. Maine, Maine has been inundated. Where it's it's ring around the rosy like a rabbit in a swamp. Yep. Make a 150 yard hook in that big deep swampy moss and jump through all kinds of watery, boggy, uh, alder, Crap! Where you'll make a lot of noise. There's a and buck. And then they'll hear you coming. There's a when buck you're that we've chased uh, for the last two years. He ends up in the same spot, has the same habits, beds in the same spot. But he's like, it's really hard to get him, and he likes a left hook. Yep. And I think we named him McGregor. Just a small, little, scrappy, yep. nice rack on him, but have not been able to pinch that deer at Mr. all. Mr. Rogers was a swamp yep, same pain thing. in the butt. Yep. He would just play rabbit games <laughs> down in the bottom. Well, it was rabbit there's a jail. reason. There's a reason why Jimmy named him the jerk. Yeah. <laughs> he loved yeah. he loved the rabbit jail. He was in that rabbit, that tighter than tight stuff. Yep. Even the rabbits go, I don't want to go in there because <laughs> it's so thick. And he would jump and smash and crash through that stuff. Find a little hole, yep. run through the holes. You know, if the fell buncher went in there and knocked a knocked a few holes a strip in, in. in the swamp, made a strip, he'd get in one of those, run down the strip 50 yards, and then jump back in the crap again. Mm -hmm. You know, just to get a little distance and feel better for a second. But he didn't like being in the open. The he one, was scared of being in the open. That deer that we chased and that when we were talking to Josh on, on the logging road last year, yep. that same thing, right? Spend most of their time – even. If it's a smaller deer that's been like, he, even if he's a good big buck, if he's getting his butt kicked by another one or he's really uncomfortable, he'll spend most of his time in the junk and yep. never come out in the nice, walk out in the nice stuff for no reason and then dive right back into the nasty things like all the time. Like spend okay. their life on the edge of just this complete junk yep. in the woods that you want to get him in. Right. All the time. See, there was like four really good buck in there the year Mr. Rogers that year. Two yep. years ago, three years 20, ago, right? Yes, when, when there was a whole bunch of different bucks. See, one of the advantages of having several bigger bucks or, or several different bucks that are using yep. one area is that you'll learn who is confident, which one you learn a lot about each buck and how they respond to the, other the bucks. buck hierarchy. Yes, you learn a lot about how they respond. Some bucks avoid other bucks they don't want to fight they're not fighters grunting's not going to do and, right they're, that's not a they're buck to not going to enjoy that that's right and then we've had a few that every time they came to another buck they went down 
we're going to go see what's going yep. on here. You could tell you're, they had that You're attitude. grunting in your calls and being like, eat, like snort wheezing too. That kind of stuff is going to work better on your bigger, more dominant buck. Yeah, Mike Tyson. Go yeah. up and call him and see what happens, yeah, right? call him You'll out. You'll have a Mike Tyson <laughs> kind of buck, yeah. you know, that wants to take on yeah. everything and he runs yep. the show. If you come across a Mike Tyson, you want to hunt those. Yep. Those are the deer you want to hunt yep. because he a Rocky like, Balboa oh, yeah, baby. That's right. Let's go fighter. You know, yes, and th those are those ones that are fairly aggressive, or at least they feel they're dominant in that area, and they run the show. Yep. They they're they're the ones to really go stick pick with. out the champ, the biggest one in the yard. That's right, kind of thing. You know, Mr. T. Yep. The that reason buck, I named that buck that because that's the way he acted. Like a Everywhere boss. he went, he didn't like that little buck, and yep. he was going to drive him off. And when another one seemed to show up, I was grunting and snort wheezing at him. He stepped wow, out was to he kick your butt. Off. Yeah, and he yeah. came right up feet from me. You know, yeah. he, he threat walked me, every hair standing up, and it worked so good because he happened to be a good, aggressive buck. See, this that's is That's another thing we didn't that get I try that one and learn film. about deer. We didn't get that one on film. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Because there's so much that you, you learn from like his behavior and his patterns as you follow him. He'll, he'll teach you so many things about his attitude and the way he is. And when you track a buck multiple days, you learn a lot about him. And yeah. that's why I'm always like, when I'm looking at the track, I want to understand his attitude yep. from the track. And you can do that. You can find out how he is. The, the grunt buck, mm -hmm. that deer had some attitude. Yep. He, he walked around like he, I run the show. Yep. And he was a pretty big deer in there, but he was not the big boy. No, and he, he was lot, not the big laying boy down lots of sign, right? Lots of, lots of attitude, lots of rubs, lots of scrapes, and he's in around checking tracks. So you're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to see what he's made of. Yep. And let's snort weeds and a grunt and pow. Yep. Now, he made, what, 12 scrapes in front of me. Oh, easily. And when it was, I was it tracking was him five, before you guys. It was five or right. six in front of Casey, and I don't remember. I'd have to go right. back and watch so the that's, video. So that's, you know, 17 scrapes in three-quarters of a mile, almost a mile. Yep. He laid down 17 that's, that scrapes. That area had a lots, of, lots, of doe, lots of doe activity yeah, he, in it. Yeah, he, right? he did a, he lots checked of bucks a lot of does in. and fawns mm -hmm. that were together, checked them, ran them around in circles and stuff, yep. and then, then went right back to scraping again because they just weren't ready yet. Yep attitude and it's amazing like that one you got you guys even you guys were saying you know he's he's knocking his horns he's feeling aggressive he's he's, he's problems, done things aren't quite right yep. and this is going to be the perfect time to just like hey buddy and he'll come right over to you yep. um i've had a few too that were like they were mike tyson's but they were not real fighter fighters they were big and smart and dominant but and they said caution like everything they did was with caution. They pulled up to a road. They felt it out. That's, they spent a that's lot of time. That's yes. experience and intelligence. That's yes, like they're just big and smart. Yep. And I'll run the show, but I know I'm not. I'm I not stupid problems. about it. That's right. I'm not stupid <laughs> yeah. about it. Yep. Yeah. And when they do cross the road, they run across the road. And when they get on the other side, they do the four-wheel burnout yeah. and they yeah, hook. Take they, that. They'll, they'll hook a tree. They'll, they'll make a scrape. They'll They'll lay it right down, you know. So, like, yep. learning his attitude is really a big part of it. Yep. And how he feels about what's going on right then. Yep. And how you feel about it. Feel for him. The, Those are the things I learned. Just yep. feel where he is because that's where he'll be. Yep. And I started doing that with those 17 hooks. And yep. I was running right into him. Yep. And he wasn't picking up on that. No. 
Where you're like, <laughs> you want to track a dumb one that helps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always. Yep. So it's good. It's Great good time. to compile the experiences of one big buck and use the lessons you've learned and invest those in others. Pay attention to patterns, um, and you know, just things of you know, kinds of patterns of behavior mostly. Things that they're going to do and being able to predict those. Reading the woods is probably one of the biggest things that matters the most because you use it for when he's running from you, where he might end up when you're just following the track, and where to kind of pick up a track. Reading the woods gets you in the right place in order to get on a big buck track and to start going, right? Yeah, you turn into this detective. Yeah, knowing where to even start your hunt matters the most. You know, the learning to read the woods has been valuable for sure. Great. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you that, guys. That, I want to say that's one hopefully you learned a little bit from that. I haven't. Had. I haven't heard that story. Really. Believe it or not. Wow. If I did, it was a. It was so long ago right, that I don't remember. Yep. What a story. What a hunt. That's yep. awesome. I'd love that. That's the way Man, it goes. Frustrating. Do what you can. But that's great though. Though. I can't believe he peeled you off in that small buck. That's awesome. That's cold, man. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to take this one for me. <laughs> take one for the team, buddy. <laughs> that's brutal. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I know I enjoy listening to it. Um, and you know, you got to get out there. You got to give it. You got to give it a go. And you know, paying attention, being on the track is the best way to learn how to get a big buck. Hands down, you have to go do it, and you have to go try. And they're going to teach you how to get them. Yes. Right. They're going to show you their weaknesses. They're going to show you what they like to do and their patterns. And if you stick with one long enough, a lot of times you can get him. But even if you don't get a big buck, he'll help you get another one. One of the beauties of tracking stories is that while someone's telling the story, you can start predicting what you think will happen. Yeah, I was I was trying to do that the whole time. Right now, see trackers, that's what they do. Yeah, they want to hear when you did this, what did the deer do? When the deer did that, what did you yep. do? What yep. was right? What was not? What was that both kind of, of your reactions to things happening? Yep. But thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any uh, things you'd like us to cover, any kind of particular stories, people, and whatnot, you can uh, send all your stuff over to A-S-K-M-T-N-D-E-E-R at Gmail. That's our special podcast email we've created for just you guys. Uh, feel free to hit us up on all other social media platforms, and we'll talk to you later. Until next time, this is Taylor and my man, the host, Rodney Elmer. Take care. At Mountain Deer. Happy hunting, guys.